0: hello and welcome to how to start up a podcast for anyone starting a company this is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started run and even sold their own companies sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now next or never hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR Consultancy for Startups, Fallowfield and Mason. As we've been working alongside the pandemic for nearly two years, I wanted to interview founders who started their businesses in March 2020 and beyond, as anyone starting to think about founding a business will know no other world to operate in. As we know, this whole new world has thrown us curveballs, but not all of them are negative, so I'm hoping that hearing from recent founders with up-to-date work experience, so to speak, will really support more people in starting up. Today we're joined by Susan Duckett, founder of Enola, the beauty and well-being product and experience platform which blends online and offline wellness and allows you to put people as well as products in your cart. As a renowned author and former health, beauty and spa editor for the likes of Tatler, Cosmo and Good Housekeeping, Suzanne identified how many people had become disconnected with nature. Setting out to solve this, Suzanne launched Enola in 2020 as a platform to foster a synergy between nature and urban city dwellers through a curated range of science-led, natural health and beauty products, practices and practitioners. Today, Enola delights clients in person at their store in barns as well as online. Suzanne shares with us her experiences from transitioning into entrepreneurship from a journalism career and why good health and well-being are so vital for those embarking on the entrepreneurial journey hi suzanne it is great to have you on how to start up today it would be wonderful if you could give brief introductions to who you are and a bit about the company you started
1: well hello i'm suzanne i have been a journalist writer editor consultant for nigh on three decades and i started enola probably a month after the pandemic started because i was not wanting to put treasure in other people's chests anymore. And I wanted to pull my 30 years of all of those roles into my own business and started up Anola, which is an online platform. It's a bricks and mortar, and it's also a personal shopping concierge service for wellbeing and beauty.
0: So you started right at the beginning of the pandemic. In full knowledge, there was a pandemic. So what was that tipping point for you?
1: I did, and it was because I have... Over the years, doing what I've been doing, which has been working with and reviewing and experiencing lots of wellness practices and putting a lot of tools in my toolkit. And when the pandemic started and Johnson announced, I think it was was it the 23rd of March, and said, we're going in, it's going to be three months, we're going to do six weeks this. I turned to my husband, I said, this is at least two years. And he was, don't be ridiculous, you're being a drama queen. I went, no, no, this is at least two years and I need to make some changes pretty quick. And I'm gonna open that toolbox of my certainly 20 years reviewing wellness practices around the world. And I'm going to get all the tools out on the floor, polish them and start to use them one at a time. There was a a slight panic, I guess, to the pivot that I did because I was consulting with lots of spas, lots of hotels, lots of wellbeing brands, as well as doing my writing. You know let's let's face it writing doesn't pay the mortgage so you you do 10% writing 90% you know consultancy even though sometimes it feels the other way around <laughs> and you know i all of my, on that day all of my clients basically fell off a cliff and my husband's in he produces sports events so his clients fell off a cliff we just knew we had to make some really quick changes and the silver lining for that very dark cloud that came in immediately was this is the opportunity I have been waiting for because I've been doing the side hustle of doing the concierge service i.e people I didn't even know would be contacting me to ask me advice what can I use where can I go I need to go to a spa I've got this issue who do you recommend and i had been sort of doing it anyway but just not really charging for it mm. certainly not having a service not having offering and it just was like this epiphany of right now I do it for myself. That was the easy bit. What you then turn that into as a, as a real business idea and proposal has taken me up to now, which is two years Yeah, <laughs> and, all the, and all the twists and turns on the way.
0: Oh goodness, those twists and turns. And, and I think someone talked to me about loss and change. And if there's any substantial loss and change in your life, it takes at least two years to get used to it. Have you sort of started to feel like you're in the rhythm of it now?
1: Yes, I think the beauty of the pandemic was it forced me to do it. But what it really made me see very clearly was what people need now. And I think any good business has to come from what is the problem and therefore what is the solution I can come up with and actually deliver as opposed to let me create a problem and then sell the solution alongside it. And also everyone fell into Zoom, you know, fell into doing yoga online and fell into doing breathing workshops and meditation, facial massage and, you know, save me from myself type of attitude. That it's now I feel that everyone's nicely massaged, (laughs) literally, and ready for what I'm offering, which maybe it has expedited a lot. It has. It would. I mean, I tried to do it actually a few years ago, and it was just too soon. You know, people weren't ready for it. Whereas now, they actually are. And when I talk to people about some of the practitioners I'm working with, they kind of go, "Oh yeah, I've tried a bit of that. I did it in lockdown. Oh yeah, I did a Zoom mm. thing on that." And it's not this kind of very unfamiliar territory of people thinking I'm completely mad at some of the stuff <laughs> I've done.
0: <laughs> well, on that, what is the most surprising thing that you've learned about yourself since becoming your own boss?
1: Mm, I can do more than I thought I could. And I can do it well and I can do it without necessarily having the help of others. Now, that is a double-edged sword because then you become like Basil Fawlty. I mean, everyone has done something that involves the skills of setting up a business. Yeah. And it's like, what do I want? What's going to make me really happy and bring me a lot of fun and do something I'm good at and that I won't kind of spend more money than I earn? You know, we, we have all done that. And it's just reframing it. So I think that's what I've learned is to change the language around it all so it feels more fun. Yeah. And then, then you're tricking your mind. Really what I'm doing is I'm kind of tricking myself um, into thinking it's easier than it is. And once you've done that, you realize actually it is. So a lot of the blocks are in the mind. So, again, dipping into the toolbox of well-being practices um, and self-care, mentally and physically, you can turn you can turn it around really quite quickly.
0: And what do you know now that you would have benefited from knowing back in April 2020?
1: I think don't just run and and run into a thousand different directions and not have some kind of timeline. You know, just sit down, take a breath and... Just even if it's three months at a time, yeah, just just be a little bit more methodical. It's not my skill. It's something I have had to learn. We also get
0: overexcited about it as well. You
1: do. And I acted, again, I forgot that I was on my own. And while I am very capable and very resilient and resourceful, I would sort of behave as if I still had that invisible team around me and try and take on the world and try to be this blue chip. Prestige Publishing House when there's me, myself and I. That's great, there's three of you. <laughs> I well exactly, there are three of me. Um I mean Basil Fawlty really. Um I give myself credit in the fact that it was a pandemic and I think what I've created during a pandemic is pretty monumental for me. And I've proved to myself, if no one else, that I I did it Mm. and not just talked about it. I actually have a physical online platform with physical brands that I physically sell with physical functionality. It's working. I have a bricks and mortar. Yeah, I have services. So I've put my money where my mouth is and I've got on with it. But I think if I, now that I'm in almost startup phase two, that I'm now being more methodical and I'm being more accountable to myself about time management and being micro-managing micro actually with my time.
0: What is your best advice, given you have so many stakeholders within your business and the platform? How do you manage clients or suppliers or people?
1: I think you have to turn everything on its head continuously. And especially when it comes to managing your time, which therefore is managing your headspace, which is therefore managing your action points to the people that are buying into you and what I mean by that is look at your diary and a bit like when we were at school and we had a timetable so what are my working hours what are my family needs first so what working hours do I therefore have where do I put in my exercise my relaxation my meditation whatever those self-care aspects are that are crucial because otherwise you will not be making very good decisions for yourself and the people that are buying into you work your timetable around those needs first.
0: So you block out your calendar and have focused time for different chunks of all of the hats that you wear.
1: I do. So, you know, you're doing your things that make you feel good, that support you. I do a power walk in the park twice a week. I know, So I don't put meetings or Zooms in around that time anymore because I know what's coming. And that's what a lot of the time stress is when you don't know what's coming next. The, The brain goes in, the mind goes in to try and protect you. You go into default mode, which is firefighting. It's not a very creative, very productive space to be in. So yeah, very very crucially.
0: Feeling stressed and not doing a very good job at any of it. And so I've gone back to my travel industry days of no meeting Monday, work from home Wednesday. So my calendar is my friend and not my enemy. Exactly. Um, I wanted to ask if you had any hacks around time savings. I've just come across clockwise, which you can embed in Google Calendar, which means you can put a Zoom link straight into a calendar. You don't have to paste one in. But it also blocks out saying you haven't had lunch for five weeks. Here's a lunch break in your calendar. And it forces you to recognize that your calendar is not managed very well. Yeah, Have you got any time saving hacks yourself?
1: Well, I love a dashboard app called Shift and what shift does it's uh, you can dive between different apps basically so I'm not going to picking up my phone regularly throughout the day as well because what happens when we have a lot of tabs open is our brain is trying to assimilate and then make sense of it all so you're you're hyperstimulated and you're never doing any deep work so not only are you jumping around But you're then having to go, oh, I've just closed that tab and you start to get frustrated and then you start to waste time and then you're stressed and then you go make a coffee and then you get adrenalized and then it all goes wrong. Um, For me, I'm trying to use as little tech as I can. Mm,
0: Less is definitely more.
1: Just be really honest with yourself about those apps that make you feel stressed. Close them down, get rid of them, delete them, unsubscribe, just stop and really follow that gut feeling of what works for you. So the, the time is crucial and I've actually I've been working with a few people on that um just putting it in and be really you know, I come from a family where there was a lot of illness and I saw my father was very successful and he burnt himself out and became very ill from his success. And I think that's been a block for me for many years that I don't want to get too successful because I'll get ill. And I just think it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not worth getting ill because you're striving for success that's the first and foremost change up your language so that you really feel more comfortable and you're messaging to your brain that you can do this get your timetable like you did at school that why we stop doing timetables when we leave school that's what keeps children's mental health in check is knowing what they've got next so we need to know that
0: Given how well read you are over so many years of speaking to so many wellness experts, you got other hacks that founders can use to keep that wellness in their day to day?
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one, I had the pleasure of interviewing Deepak Chopra a few years ago. I remember saying to Deepak, what do you think is your number one non-negotiable for happiness? And he said, your job. And I was really taken aback. He said, it's your work. And I expect him to say your spirituality or your religion or your family or your partner. And he said your work because you spend so much time doing it purely because of that. It's not because it's more important than anything else. It's because you just spend so much of your waking hours doing it. So that to me was one of those. I, I suppose I also had around that time. Are we all working too much and too hard and are we not prioritizing our life and are we taking work too seriously and that that did galvanize for me actually is really important for us all to be getting whatever we choose to do right especially when you are an entrepreneur and you're doing your own business so don't beat yourself up about your work it is important and Deepak says so so what Deepak (laughs) says goes so that was the first thing the other thing is it's a meditation teacher that I worked with because I did want to have a form of meditation so that I could unplug all of that stuff throughout the day and at the end of the day so that the sink doesn't flood over metaphorically speaking which meditation do you do I do a Vedic meditation and it is one with a mantra so
0: in your head it's saying it not even out loud
1: absolutely it's a meaningless sound yeah. that gives your brain some mind some content I'd liken it to if you want to go scuba diving You either need some flippers or you need one of those. I did have the name of it, which I can't remember. One of those little machines that turbo charges you down to the sea bottom of the sea Mm bed. And what that mantra is, is like one of those um, vehicles that gets you deeper underneath the choppy surface of the sea. Mind likes to be charmed. It likes to be relaxed, but it does need Mm -hmm. some help. What this technique has taught me is to, to rest twice a day, every day. And that's when you get your moments of epiphany or you get, you're not necessarily in the middle of it, but afterwards or just it's rest. It's just a non-negotiable. It's not, I don't want to be lofty or worthy. It's a very no-nonsense meditation. I don't need to light incense. I don't need to sit cross-legged
0: no you just need to sit with your eyes closed and you don't need a technology app with a headphone exactly you just need to be able to sit with exactly your eyes so I do it on the tube sometimes yeah. and I'm like oh it's really busy yeah I don't want to be here and then suddenly I'm at Paddington station I'm like how did that happen and then you come out I of know. it going well that's actually not a problem that problem's now solved and the rest I'm just going to deal with later and it is magic it is are there any last golden nugget pieces of advice that you'd like to share with a new founder
1: I think it's important that nature and syncing with the months is really important because we are all completely seasonally tuned. So whatever you're offering, if you can flow with those seasons, I think that's really important. and it is one again a slightly more esoteric sounding tip. but if you want to have meetings, go go around the kind of the full moon because that's when people are much more open and they're much more up for talking sharing and being full to the ideas Really, you know certain times of the month yeah yeah and that's a, you know the farmers look at what the farmers are doing when do they sow seeds you know because seed, seeds grow into something you know there's no point in the middle bleakest winter to start to go out and start um, meeting people and telling them about all your ideas because they just they're wearing winter coats they're cold they don't they're not as open so now you know spring summer is a really good time for socializing, networking, and getting your ideas out there. So it's really hard to put it in a kind of a nugget, but that's when you start to to read about the seasons and the energy behind the seasons, you can work your business around that. And you can even do that with your month and how you organize your timetable. Uh, you know, it's it's all we've got to sync more with nature and not fight it and get out in nature and have business meetings on your airport safely, walking along the towpath of the river, have that conversation, get out and move. I think the other thing is what we really, there's a really great book that I'd recommend everyone to read called The e That's a brilliant book and it really teaches us the difference between working on your business and working in your business. And there's a really big difference and you need to delineate time to be doing that. Ultimately, ask your question if you're wanting to start the business or you're in the middle of the business on your deathbed, Would you look back and be really proud and really happy that you did that? You know, really, really. If you're just doing something because you think it's going to earn you really good money and you're just going to muscle on through, would that... 107 year old let's be let's be uh, brave here with our uh, longevity <laughs> our age span um would that whatever age you want to get to person look back and go I'm really glad i did that and the difference between motivation and inspiration which i think is also a good question to ask yourself is when you're motivated usually that ten- what comes from the mind it's generated in the mind to pay a mortgage or to have that ego pump they all come from quite exterior not necessarily fulfilling uh place in the mind whereas inspiration is something when you're in your spirit and it really gets you excited and you think that is so amazing, I really want to do it. So is your business coming from inspiration?
0: I love that completely because friends have said to me, you just seem so much happier. And I've always done well at work and been successful and worked for fantastic brands and had good salaries. All of that's changed. I'm now working with beautiful independent businesses. Revenue, I'm employing three people. I feel so proud of the fact that I've built something that other people are enjoying as well. And I would never have got that had I not been pushed. So I think that's obviously where the podcast has come from, is trying to encourage other people to take the plunge as well. So thank you for just explaining it to me. I now get it why I'm so much happier.
1: Yeah, and look, you know, when I come off this wonderful, this is giving me inspiration, but I'm going to have to be motivated later to do some accountancy stuff. You know, sometimes when you ask your question, don't say the word but, say the word and, you know, but I've got to do my accounts later is a bit, oh, again, the language, it makes you feel, oh, if I say this is lovely and I'm going to do my accounts later, it sort of stays within that same positive energy. So that's a really good one as well, going back to language. But I think the last really practical thing would be, In your phone right now, you have everyone you need to help you with your business. And it's a case of writing them down. You know, who is that friend's husband that's really good at business plans? Who is that friend's wife who is really good at personal training Can get my butt moving twice a week? Everyone you need is on your phone or on your email right now. And if they're not the exact person, they will be able to lead you to the right person. And I think that's the thing is, you know, so much more than you think you do and just have the confidence to just act on it. And
0: just put your hand up and ask for help. Because I think a lot of people who've been in successful careers previously haven't ever really had to ask or lean on anyone. And it isn't leaning because people are genuinely excited to help you, which is something that I've been completely bowled over with this podcast. People are like, absolutely, what do you need? I was like... Wow. It's really humbling, actually.
1: Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to think, well, what's in it for them? because And they can say no if they don't want to. They like being asked for advice. And I think with me, certainly with the Enola Concierge, is, is really that I've created this based on around sort of emotion and the locomotion. And how do you link them both together? And how do I do my business so that it works For me and for others, and it and it makes me happy. And so, what areas are in there that I need a bit of help with? And it changes, things change, and it's okay. Again, seasons, nature is what it does. It changes, and you just just adapt, and you just move with it, and you just flow with it, and that's okay. And the only continuity is you and being darn grateful. That we've got any of these things to even play with. Yeah, I'm. A, I've got some really practical, no nonsense stuff going on, and then I've got this magical. Um, you know, how do you tap into that as well? Your source. You know, what is the source that that is going to is going? And I mean that as in S O U R C E, <S-E>, by the way, not H P. <laughs> so. How do we get that gold going on in there as well? So it's really exciting times, and um, we're all here to help each other. Thank
0: you, Suzanne, so much for your time today. It's been great chatting to you.
1: Thanks for asking me. It's been lovely to to hear your questions. So thank you.
0: If you'd like to contact Suzanne, you'll find all of her details in the show notes, along with links to the platforms she's mentioned and a recap of the advice that she has so kindly shared. Thank you for listening to How To Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it.
1: She's on.